Happy spring! As you gear up for the season, there's no doubt that hiring is on your mind. Maybe even keeping you awake at night. While we can't wave a magic wand and solve the nation's labor challenges, the show must go on. Spring is here, and in today's episode, we're going to hear seven landscape leaders share their best recruiting and retention secrets. Plus, we're going to hear from an actual landscape employee who changed jobs and why money wasn't their number one motivator for doing so. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey, it's Jack Jostis, and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. Now, before we hear these seven leaders share their recruiting secrets, I want to invite you to my next live webinar the Landscaper's Ultimate Guide to Recruiting on March 24th. In this live interactive webinar, I'm gonna be sharing in greater detail some of the things I'm gonna share in this podcast episode that'll help you fill open positions this spring, including real case studies of actual landscapers implementing what we're gonna be sharing. So register online at landscapersguide.com events or see our show notes for a quick link to that registration page. Now. Right out of the gate, would it be okay if we talked about money? I mean, it's kind of, you know, the main reason employees work places, but it's certainly not the only reason they work at places. And later on, we're gonna hear from an actual landscaper about what caused them to switch. But hey, the money is absolutely important and you can't be way off on your compensation. Last year, I interviewed Nate Fedig, the general manager at Alpine Gardens, a multi-million dollar commercial and residential landscape company in Colorado. He was struggling to fill some key positions for months and he took action, big, bold action. Yeah, I mean, for the last several years, it's been hard to hire, but it seemed like this spring, the applicant pool just dried up. We weren't getting any applications. And um, so then we, I, I took it upon myself to go look at, you know, what other jobs we're offering, not even necessarily in our industry, just in our area. And I decided we need to raise our starting wage to be competitive and, and attractive. And, and by like how much? You uh, know. We, we had, we raised everyone, uh, every current employee's wage around 30%. And, and so did you notice an increase in response to your online ads for positions? Yeah, almost immediately. Um, we went and we posted a laborer position and in three days we had 16, 18 applications when the week before we got none. So how, how do you find a 30% increase in labor? Like did yeah. you, did, did that day, did you also go to your customers and say, hey, good news everyone <laughs> no we we understood as a business decision that we couldn't go to our our clients that had already signed a contract and and make our problem their problem in that instance but that day i can tell you that we went into our estimating system and adjusted our crew average wage by 30 percent um you know so the only time we had was our back current backlog that yeah that we were gonna eat a small yeah. bit of margin. So, so, you, so not only did you increase the wages of your, of your current people and the new hires, but you also adjusted promptly um, in your cost of goods. Yeah. So what kind of reaction came from the other side of the market, the customer? 
Yeah, honestly, we didn't notice a slowdown at all. Hell yeah, Nate! Woohoo! Increase the wages for your current team and what you're offering in your new positions, and then increase your rates. Love it, Nate. Keep up the good work. While increasing your wages and then your rates with your clients may seem like an obvious decision, many landscape companies are afraid to do it. But like Nate shared, when you're delivering the quality that you're promising in your marketing and you have the reviews and the ratings that they have and your clients trust you, most of them will understand why you're increasing your rates. But if you're not delivering that quality and your retention isn't very strong, that's probably an area to focus on first. This next idea may not be so obvious. It comes from Monique Allen, who runs The Garden Continuum, a landscape company out in Massachusetts. And she's also the author of Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping. She's been a guest on the podcast. She's been a panelist at some of my events. She's somebody you should follow because she has a lot of great ideas. And one of the things that she realized during the last couple years is that the stress of the pandemic and the shutdowns and all kinds of things led a lot of people who had different careers up until that point to really crave working in nature. Monique offered paid internships to people with no prior green industry experience. And here's how it went. Well, before we, we dig into what didn't work, tell me more, was this internship a paid internship? Was it, yeah, so it was yes. a paid internship. And, you know, what what range of people did this? Was it high school kids? Was it retired nurses? Nope. Was it? Nope, it was, who, it was like, a who, lot of self-employed people who got ousted from their self-employment, like people who were wedding, did weddings, uh, mm. people who worked in restaurants, uh, uh, people who, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, did work that already gave them flexibility, but COVID kind of crushed. So that would, everybody with the exception of two that I hired, uh, were over 30. Um, okay. and of, and of the two, uh, one of the people that I hired was, uh, um, he was a sound engineer for theater. And, you know, he just, he had nothing to do. And he's already a hands-on guy and his mother loved to garden and he remembered gardening with her. He was phenomenal. He was actually so great. He did his 90 day internship, got an awesome uh, gig uh, for some theater, back-to-back -back theater um, uh, shows happening in Rhode Island. And, and then said to me, hey, you know, next summer, excuse me, for the fall, he said, you know, I'd really like to come back next summer because theater just goes dormant in the summer. Mm -hmm. So I have somebody who would want to come back. And I don't think he ever would have thought of gardening. And I would have never thought to talk to somebody in the sound engineering world. Monique and I ended up having a really great hour-long conversation that I edited into two podcast episodes. So I definitely recommend that you check those out in the show notes because Monique started talking about how she sees herself as a gardener of people and she has a employee experience manager. And you gotta hear the interview to find out how that's working. And that reminds me of my next guest, which is my client, um, Ken and Patrick from Local Roots in Pennsylvania. And they talked about how having a safe space for their employees and taking care of their emotional needs actually led them and contributes to them having a wait list. Yes, 
they have an employee wait list. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, really, they do. And here's what they said is one of the key reasons that they have a wait list. Jack, if I could just touch base on something as well that's very serious at our company is uh, just the concept of health and wellness and mental health. I think that's something that's been neglected a ton, especially in our industry and in just like construction and the trades in general. Um, now, it takes a lot to get certain people to talk about those sort of things. You know, you're not sharing everyone's business, you know, on, on the draw or off the drop when you first meet someone. But the more you can create that relationship with your employees as a vulnerability or to say like it's okay to not be well right now and i'm here to listen to you uh or we have resources for you to talk about that stuff it's not taboo it's not strange it's not weak to do this it you see a look again like something turn on in their brains to say that says like i've never had an employer normalize this let alone some or i've never had a family member normalize this let alone an employer that normalizes this and you know i, I bring up mental health like it's like it's very normal because it is a normal thing. And so you you know the employees who come to work knowing it's a safe space. And we're not just saying it's a safe space now, rub some dirt in it and get over it. We're saying it's a safe space. Like, what do you need from us? You know, like, is there something we could do? Is there anything that we could possibly do in your job to make it healthier, better? Is something in your home life not going super well that we need to know about that is like coming into your work? That's okay. We just need to know that it's not your job that's doing that, you know? And so it's, that's the human aspect that, we could talk about this all day, but unless you're willing to really like be in tune with that and man, it like sucks the energy out of you to do that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it is the most valuable thing because humans are humans. Like they are not machines. They're not tools. Like everyone has a heart. Everyone has a brain that like struggles, you know? And so it's like, really, that's, I think a core concept of, of like the health of our company. And when you say at our, our, our place, you know, have a good day. Like we so appreciate you being here that's sincere. And like, you'll hear that back, you know, like all of our team members will say that same exact thing back to us and then share that to other hires, which then creates this funnel inwards. Like who doesn't want to work for a company that has those vibes. Right. So that's the more intangible way. Now hearing about employees, emotions and, and all of these things and core values may seem like a bunch of BS when we've got construction to do. But the fact is like Patrick said, humans are humans and they have feelings and they want to have a relationship with you that's beyond just the grind of doing the work but they also want to have fun so in this next clip we interview wade martin from martin landscapes who in his peak season has around 80 full-time people and here's what he has to say about how he created a game out of their core values and why he sees it as a key piece of their retention one big thing that we have, Jack, is uh, this idea came to me. I'm very creative. I like to think outside the box. We have poker chips. We call them culture coins. They have our core values on them, uh, passion, pride, teamwork, and relationships. These culture coins have a dollar value on them, $5, $10, and $20. At the end of every month, we make it a game. The teams turn them in. We have flat screen TVs at both of our branches on the wall. And we have, you know, we have a game. We see who's leading with the culture coins. They can get these coins for safety. They can get these coins for production. Um, they can do these, get these coins for being a good Samaritan, you know, just being a good person, doing something for somebody else. Um, they can get, a, you know, get awarded in, in a good way. I keep some in my truck as well, and I hand them out when I, when I see things going well. 
I think nine times out of 10, people see the things, the bad things in a person. We try to see the good um, and go from there. So one of the things they can buy with the culture coins is they can buy Martin Landscape swag. They can buy leather boots. They can buy khaki pants. They can buy a day off, a paid day off. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a big, I'm an avid fisherman. They want to go fishing with me. They can do it. Um, they can buy lunch for their team. They can be, they can buy dinner with the owner, which is myself. They, you know, there's just a bunch of things. So we got creative on that. And we asked them, Hey, what are some of the things that, that you guys want? You girls want, because it's not about us. It's about them at the end of the day. What do they want? Um, and they said a paid day off, um, things like that. So we added it. We didn't necessarily have that on there, but I said, Hey, let's do it. They've earned it. So I think you have to reward people on, you know, what they earn, but the culture coins is a, mm. it's, a it's a huge hit of our company. Um, it wasn't at first, but the more we talk about it, the more we're handing those chips out. You'll see these guys at the end of the day before they go home looking at the board. Oh, man, you're leading. You know, you've got this, you've got that. And I think internally, you kind of learn a lot about a person. So when you see a team leader, he takes those chips and he buys lunch for his team. It really shows that he cares about not just himself, but everybody on that team. Um, you just you, you learn from other people as well. So the culture coin has been a huge, huge hit here. Core values may seem complicated, but really they're just an extension of you, the owner, what's important to you and how you treat other people. That's really the root of core values. And you, the owner, and what kind of person you are is absolutely essential to recruiting and retaining key people. Let's hear from Kevin. He's an employee at Cornerstone Partners Horticultural Services Company in Illinois, and he's going to share some of his experience about what led him beyond money to choose to work for Cornerstone. Turk's story. Um, so going into what I was saying earlier about, you know, putting your best foot forward and doing what you say to your clients and backing your client representatives, my decision to change employers was not solely based on compensation. My number one reason for coming here was, was, was Turk's story. His business approach in, in honest work, Turk sold himself. Kevin, you said you, you, you researched that before we even met on Voyager Chicago, that Voyager article. As you can see, great employees like Kevin are using the internet to evaluate their potential employers just as much as your potential customers are evaluating you before they contact you for an estimate. So once you're standing out, you've got to make it really easy for potential employees to apply online to open positions through your website. Here's an interview with Beth McGinty from the McGinty Brothers about how within just a few months of launching their website, they started getting applications for positions that were, they weren't getting any applicants for in the past. And it's only February, we launched the site in December and you're already ranking on Google for all these things. We had like immediate growth. Beth, tell us what are some of the results that have happened for you from a recruiting standpoint? with the website? Um, I'd say one of the biggest ones is um, we have a couple jobs that are just really on our um, on the website and in previous years I really would never see a response and in the last two weeks since they've been posted I've gotten more responses than I had in the last five years. Um, field labor can be a little difficult to find. Um, you know some standard job boards really are more for 
you know, office type or administrative type work and not necessarily field work. Um, so having it on your website should be a benefit and should help. Previous years, I never really got a response, but since launching the new website and having the job postings up there, I'm seeing a, a great uptick in that. Um, and people, more people are calling and saying, oh, I saw this job ad on your website. Um, so the, it's definitely just in the last two weeks I've noticed a big difference. So it's, it's great. You might be thinking, Jack, this is great. It works in Georgia, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Georgia, but this won't work with my market. This won't work with my labor pool, and this definitely won't work in Texas. Well, here's what Casey down in Ennis, Texas, has to say about employer branding. What I didn't realize is the, the huge impact on our branding that the website was having or not having. And um, being found by, I mean, you're not going to go work somewhere and you pull up their website and it, it looks like, you know, a, a roadside, uh, you know, something that will be here this month and probably gone the next. I mean, you want to work for a substantial company that has benefits that mm -hmm. is going to be there and there's potential room for growth and learning and um personal growth and can help you achieve your personal goals. And so once we realized that and built the new site, more than one of our hires since that fact have said, yeah, you know, I went with your website, everything looked great. And, and we have links on there. You can fill out an application. You can email it to the proper person. Um, you can click on our careers page and it, it shows a picture of our team and, and then, positions that are available and they click that position and then they read, Oh, I've got to be able to lift 50 pounds and I've got to work out in the sun and I might not be a good fit. That person doesn't call us. Wonderful. I didn't have to interview that person um, because we put that information out there. What we're looking for very specifically. And if, if it doesn't fit, then, Hey, um, you know, move along. If it does, great, give us a call. So if it works in Texas, do you think this stuff will apply to where you are and whatever market you're in? I don't know. My hunch is yes, that the humans in your state and local market are very similar to the other humans we've talked to in the Midwest, the Northeast, the South, and even Texas. But if you're currently getting like zero applicants to your positions, if you're losing revenue because you're turning work away because you're not staffed enough, and you're currently recruiting like you were two years ago, then you've gotta to come to our live webinar, uh, The Landscaper's Ultimate Guide to Recruiting course launch on March 24th. In this live webinar, we'll be sharing how recruiting has changed in the last two years and what you need to change now to get a response. We'll be sharing how to write compelling job advertisements and where to post them. Should you post on Facebook jobs and Craigslist and Indeed? And how do you do that in an organized way that actually gets a response? And the Landscaper's ultimate recruiting framework that my clients are using around the country to fill their bench 
with new job applicants. This presentation is based on my personal experience of having grown my staff by over 150% over the last five years and having attracted over 1,000 job applicants through my website using the same framework that I'm now implementing with my clients. So join me and if you're one of the first 11 registrants, I'll personally review your recruiting page, your careers page of your website live in the webinar. So in any case, you're gonna come, you're gonna get a lot of ideas and instant feedback that you can implement this season to attract great people to your team. Register online at ramblinjackson.com events or see the show notes for a link to the registration page. My name's Jack Justice. Thanks so much for checking out the Landscaper's Guide, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.